From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, DizBoards.com edition for September 9th, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Walter Eccles, and Max the Intern back in the peanut gallery. Uh, we are going to uh, discuss some of the threads found on our discussion boards at DizBoards.com. And uh, before we get to that, though, I do have an announcement to make, something the team does not know, because I just found out uh, this myself. Uh, unfortunately, uh, remember last year we won a Magellan Award. Um, we did not win one this year. We won three. Oh. Oh. I was going to say, thanks for bumming us out. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Three. We won three. We won uh, uh, silver in the category uh, uh, for the blog. And for the boards, and we won a gold Magellan Award for the Diz. Wow. So I'm very, very excited, very proud of that, especially because these awards are voted on by some some big folks in the travel industry. This is an industry award. Comes from the foreign press. Yeah, the Hollywood (laughs) Foreign Press Association. I just think they should have like a, a a ceremony where I could wear like, you know, a Vera Wang gown or something. Expecting to have it in the East Village. <laughs> Say no to the dress. So, very, very excited about that, and uh, thought that would be a nice way to uh, very cool open up the show. Just very got cool. just got those uh, just got the email on that this morning. I was like, oh my god! I knew they were announcing them this month, and uh, I just wasn't sure when. So, do we need to get one of them glass trophy cases now? I to say we need. That's what I said to my mother. So I said to my mother, I need a I need a trophy room now. Candy Spelling's house is for sale for $150 million. I wouldn't want to live there, though. It's too big. She has a flower-cutting room and a gift-wrapped room. Yeah, I'm sure say. she has a trophy case room. But, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was, awesome. that was cool. Very, very cool. All right. So anything else housekeeping-wise? Anything? Any announcements anybody wants to make? Anything? Just want to say we had, uh, a couple of us had dinner at Il Molino last night. Uh, after we recorded the show, which that was a weird show. That was a weird. That show. was a very, was, very weird show. It was, it was just so rushed. Like we didn't do one. That's the way I felt. Yeah. It was like this was just. It wasn't only because we didn't have headphones on either. It, I think it was just. I don't know. Well, it just it's, everything was off. The everything was, was off. Just yeah. completely off. But I mean, I enjoyed doing it. Don't get me wrong. And the food was delicious. But I got to tell you, um, first time I uh, Walter and I ate at El Molino a few years ago, we didn't like it. Food wasn't good. A couple months after that, John and Kevin went and reviewed it, and they came back with the same same impression. And uh, Walter and I just said to John and Kevin before the show started, you need to go back. Absolutely amazing, amazing meal Fantastic. that we had yesterday. It was so, so good. So, and I want to say thank you to, uh, to those folks, the folks over the Swan Dolphin, Audrey Cornu, our good friend, uh, who's in charge of their internet marketing and uh, the folks at El Molino for being so hospitable to us and bringing us all that delicious food that we people were shooting down their throats. And oh, Lord. I booked our seminar uh, this morning. Did oh, you? Did you? Which uh, one? I did the Riesling Rendezvous for Julie, and I'm doing the All Things Saki. All Things Saki. It would have been nice to go to the same one, but, you know, try to knock. You want to, yeah. yeah. Well, you get more knowledge this way exactly. in your house. Yeah. I, don't want, I don't want to drink Riesling. She doesn't want to drink Saki, so we're going to split up for an hour. There you go. There you go. So, all right. Anything else? And let's go ahead and get started. Our uh, first thread I want to talk about today is found on the budget board. And it's entitled, What Do You Mean by Afford It Seriously? It is by Dread Pirate K. I love that name. Uh, I don't mean in terms of specific dollar amount, but in terms of your overall finances. Several threads on here have gotten me thinking about this today especially as we are only five days away from leaving for our big Disney vacation, our first in five years. So whether you're talking about a Disney vacation or some other non-essential, and please let's not dive into how Disney is an essential in your mind. If you won't go hungry or homeless without it, it's not an essential. How do you determine if you can afford 
afford it in relation to the rest of your financial life. For us in past years, affordable equaled available credit. Then we crashed and burned, as everyone else that lived that way eventually will. Then it was, well, if we can do it and not get too far behind on the bills, i.e. they won't turn off the lights or anything, that only works for so long and it minimized our ability to enjoy things because of the stress that that induces. After some terrible financial times, and I mean really bad, we've grown up a lot. And for this trip and going forward, our definition of affordable has been, one, we don't touch our normal monthly budget at all. Two, we don't touch the emergency funds. Three, we haven't stopped our planned savings for retirement. And four, we don't stop or reduce our tithes and offerings. In fact, we increase them. We decided that if we can meet all of these criteria and pay for a trip to Disney in this case, but it could be anywhere we want, uh, we would go. I actually wrote this down when we first started planning about this trip about a month ago. Now on the verge of leaving on this trip, I'm looking back and seeing how we did with our criteria. How would you decide if you can afford something like Disney? I'm really curious to know. I thought this was a very interesting threat because normally the questions that I see come up are, you know, how much is too much and things like that. People are looking for a dollar amount and it's such a relative thing. It, it, you know, personal. It is. It, it really require. it really comes down to individual tastes as far as what kind of hotels you want to stay in, how long you want to stay, uh, what sorts of things you want to do that are going to determine the budget. One of the things I really liked, we were talking about this at dinner last night, with Teresa's $2,500 challenge. Uh, you know, she found out that it is possible for a family of four to go to Disney World six days, five nights, with tickets and meals for $2,000. It is possible to do that. Uh, and, but it's also possible to do three nights, three days and two nights, and spend $5,000. Oh, easily. So it really depends on what you're, what you're into. So... Uh, what do we think in terms of, for us, now when we travel individually, what are our guidelines in terms of, you know, I know I know for Walter and I, we don't have children. So our, our life requirements, what it requires for us to, to survive, so to speak, is less I, percentage-wise, I think, than it would be for a couple with children. I think for John and I, it's the same thing. You have um, different sets of responsibilities and things like that, and we don't have children. We have pets that we have to consider boarding and things like that. In my opinion, I always go back to what the value. I, I guess that's how I look at everything I purchase. If I think I'm not going to get the value out of it for me, then it becomes too expensive. It doesn't matter the cost with some things if it's a value. I talk about that when I do restaurant reviews. I can a, a Dinner for John and I can be $300. But if I think I got my money's worth and it was a value to me, then it was worth it. Right. But we also stopped on the way and got chicken McNuggets, which was 12 bucks for that and a soda and a fry. So it was, I thought that was worth it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think what happens is... If I can justify the cost, if I start to think, well, if we took this money, we could get a room and added, or we could have hardwood floors put in, mm -hmm. then it starts to be, it says to me, you're spending too much money on something. Right. I, I don't have the, you know, if my life savings and if my college kids, my kids' college thing, it has to be in my head. John makes fun of me when I go shopping. I go shopping, and I take, like, if you go someplace like Target, I take a shopping cart, and I, as I walk around, I pick up the things that I think I want. Mm -hmm. And before I get to the cash register, most of the stuff's gone back. Kevin's what I call a shopper. I'm a buyer. Right. <laughs> I run in, I get what I want, and I get out. Right. I'm both. I'm like that with food. But I think when it comes with, uh, like, you know, clothes and stuff like that, I'm, I'm more picky about how much things are. Maybe I might go to the sale rack. Um, when it comes to vacations, our finances have definitely changed with the kids. Before, I wouldn't think twice about maybe throwing a trip on a credit card, as long as it didn't push my card over the 50% mark. Okay. As long as I had a massive uh, a gap in there. I'll never go try to go over that 50% mark for the sake of a vacation. Um, but now that we have kids, 
you know, we, we think we're thinking twice about everything. We're also in a very different position than most people in that we travel as part of what we do. Right. We go and we do things because it's part of our job. So travel has become less of a luxury, I think, or at least for us. Well, I mean, there's, there's the stuff that we do for, for the business, for the site. That's one thing. Um, you know, I'm taking a look at it from the standpoint that in a couple of weeks, Walter and I are doing an Adventures by Disney, the Southwest Splendors. This is an actual vacation. This is not work. I'm not covering it. I'm not reviewing it. I'm not worried about the video or the photos or posting on Facebook mm-hmm. or tweeting or any of that stuff. This is actually a vacation, mainly because... It was what he asked for for his 50th birthday. This is what he wanted to do. That and I cannot get back to Australia until I go stare at a big hole in the ground. But oh, he's giving me a look. Every time you mention this, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, comes. I know. Um, I'm actually I am looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to it mainly because uh, it's it's a vacation now. Adventures by Disney. We've discussed this before. Is not inexpensive. This is an expensive vacation for a week. Plus, we're adding on four days in Sedona. And to do that, because of where the trip ends, we got to take two planes uh, to get back to Phoenix, rent a car, and drive to Sedona. Um, but we wanted to add that time in Sedona. That was something that we're both really interested in experiencing and seeing. And, you know, I'm looking at the price, you know, of, of this. It's a very expensive 10 days, 11 days. But... As you were saying, Kevin, it comes down to value. I'm not going to have trouble paying the mortgage or keeping the lights on or keeping food in the house or taking care of the other responsibilities that we have. Uh, And we can have this amazing, one-of-a-kind experience, share it together, and remember it for the rest of our lives. I can have that same argument with myself over a $100 purchase. It doesn't have to be a, a multi-thousand dollar purchase for me to have that talk in my head. I can have the same thing. And well, I, I go through, do I need it? Do I want it? Can I live without it? Could I put the money towards something else? Is it coming out of discretionary income? I'm one of those people that if it meant paying the mortgage or buying something new, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sleep at night. I can't borrow from that. But... I, I I wish I had that discussion with myself on the $100 purchases. This dialogue does not go on in my head until we get up into the $1,500. Now I've gotten so I do that with just about everything, Kevin. You know, you're at the grocery store. Well, you know what? Do we need this this week? No, we really don't. Because, you know, you. I mean, I don't know if you all do it. You go in the grocery store for milk, bread, and you come out with... $150 always, later. Always, always. That Publix, the word Publix is Native American for $100. Oh, it is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, buy one, get one free. I'd be okay. thrilled if it was $100 yeah. in Publix. But it's $100 every time we go. Mm-hmm. And, and we how go. many times a week do you go to Publix? I see. Well, that's it. Is I go to, I'll, I'll go to Publix. I go food shopping, depending, uh, usually about uh, every two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Um, no, I'm well, twice a week. But I, I, it's because I don't cook a lot, so a lot of my, a lot of food is frozen and you know stuff like that. So I don't have to go get fresh stuff all the time. But when I go, I'm spending three hundred and fifty dollars. Is not unheard of. Okay, so then we're in we're in the same range. Yeah, and Walmart, it's yeah. just it's like it's easy to but do. I find Publix has buy one get one freeze a lot. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I say to myself, you know, we have a, a section of our pantry. Where we have backups, and it's backups of stuff that you staples. I mean, when you find Hellman's mayonnaise, buy one, get one right. free. You have that. to buy it. If yeah. it's something that I would normally buy, then I'll get it. But a lot, because sometimes you go in, oh, it's buy one, get one free. I wouldn't normally buy that, but I want it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, as a little special thing, you know, if I wouldn't normally have bought it, but okay, you, it's you half have, price. You have kids, so you're in a different position. But a lot of times, yeah. if I buy one, get one free, I always have to hide the second one because it just makes them consume more if there's more in the house. You know, if it's something that they like. But talking about can you afford it, uh, my family, thinking about the way we've always worked, I've always worked my finances, it seems like June, summer comes, I start thinking about affording Christmas. 
right after Christmas, I start thinking about affording a trip in the summer for the next summer. So it's always I'm working toward that next that next thing, that next thing. And sometimes it involves a credit card. Sometimes it does. And I try not to make it involve a credit card unless I get to the last six weeks. And I'm like, OK, now we got to pull out the plastic and try to make this work. But I try never to go over a certain amount because I know what my family can afford. So, But it's always working towards the next thing. Well, one of the reasons I moved to Florida was it was cheaper for me to live here than to visit. Than here. to keep coming back. Because right. I kept coming back on vacations. But what I did as a single parent was I would put so much aside like every week. And I didn't go out to you know clubs or restaurants or bars. So Disney was my guilty pleasure. Right. So every so often, like Christmas or whatever, I would sit down to the with the kids and say, you know, we can go to Disney, but this is how much we have. And I know I've told the story already that the time that we came and we we bought lunch meat and had it in the room, my kids still think of that as their best vacation because wow. we we said. Mickey wasn't going to get our money. So the kids thought of it as a game. Now, we joked with you the last time because you were talking about people jumping up out of the pool for Pringles, Mm -hmm. which was an entirely different visual. (laughs) But growing up, those were the kind of vacations I had. My mom and dad, you know. Same here. I, I mean, when we went, I remember coming here and we went to Universal one day and we left Universal and we had a picnic in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to. I wasn't joking about the fact that you bought lunch me. I remember you were talking about people jumping up out of the pool, and that was funny. But those were the things I remember also. I John and I don't go anywhere now, further than coming here, without a cooler in the car with our own drinks. We always take a cooler with us because you stop at the, along the store or along the road. We're big drinkers, and you stop mm-hmm. along the road, and a nice tea is a dollar fifty, and it adds up and stuff like that. There's a convenience factor. There's a, a price factor. It's just it's all life. relative. It is. I had three great kids that when I said, hey, look, this is how much I have and we can go do this, but it's going to take everybody's cooperation and maybe we're not going to go out to dinner. My kids jumped at the chance, you know, and, we and, you, and you think about things leading up to help save for that trip. You know, we need to cut back. You talk to the kids. You need to cut back on certain things, you know, to be able to afford. And also we were talking about this at home this morning. Talking about being able to afford a trip or wanting to do something. Stella is dying to do one of the spas, like at the Grand Floridian. Well, I'm thinking, okay, that could be part of her Christmas. It, it's, it benefits me twice. It gets, gives her a Christmas present, and it keeps a bunch of more toys from coming into my house. That, <laughs> you know, and it, you think about that thing. It gives her an experience. and it. But don't you, know. you think your kids and your kids... Don't you think this is a learning tool now? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And my son uh, will tell you about the Definitely. Time. We had a, an above-ground swimming pool, and I needed rocks around the outside of it. And so his job was to shovel the rocks around the pool, and I bought him a video game. He worked really hard, and if I would have had to pay somebody, yeah, it would have been a lot more money. But he still talks about how he did the job, and then he got something. He got something he really wanted. Yeah. But, you know, it's a different world now. When, when I was growing up, and probably you all, too, my parents never discussed finances with me, really. You know what was going on in their world, and I don't really discuss it with my kids, but they're more aware now of the way the economy is that they know. But, of course, I didn't ask for as much as kids do now and expect as much as kids do now. Well, I don't think my parents ever sat down and said, we have $15 in the bank or we've had 1500 no. I remember things like having the same conversations. Listen, we can go here if we take our lunch with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we used to drive from Albany, New York to Wildwood, New Jersey all the time. And I can point out every place along the road when you get down in South Jersey, they have rest areas with picnic tables. Oh, I mm-hmm. can do the same thing. Yep. And, Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to have, and that was, to me, was part of going on vacation. You See, our family, vaca- our family vacation always involved baseball. One year we'd go to St. Louis. The next year we'd go to Chicago to see. And yeah, that I would have been an unhappy child. And we, all, I mean, my mom would always include the zoo or something else. But you know, it always involved things that. I mean, that to me wasn't a bad vacation. That was part that that yeah. meant I get to go. Yeah, and that's all we knew. So, you know, that's, I, th- I just thought it was an interesting, an interesting it's funny discussion. Pick that one because I had read that whole. I had read that whole thing. As a matter of fact, the thing that caught my eye was the way the title was worded. I actually looked at it from a moderator standpoint because I thought the wording of the title thought, is this going to be 
an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went into it thinking, is this something that somebody has to take a look at? Are people being rude to one another? The, the, just the way the word title was worded, but I actually read the entire thread long before you it was, uh, And it was a, a really, I, I, th- I thought it was a great thread, cause, specifically because it asked the question relative to everyone's particular needs and experiences rather than passing judgment on right. them. And, and they're all different. If you, and they are. If you put a vacation on a credit card, and this is your last credit card that you're maxing out, and you're back you know, a month's mortgage, then you can't afford it. But if you're putting a vacation on a credit card and you're going to pay this credit card when you get back and you're not, your family is not going with Or even if you're not going to pay it when you get back, you know, it's up to everybody to decide, again, what's important to them. You know, maybe, maybe they want to spend their last dime. That is the, affording it to them. And that's a value. That's a value in the experience. And, yeah. it's a, and that's, a, that's a judgment only the individual can make. And I think, you know, that's why I know what Kevin's talking about because sometimes on the boards it becomes – Right, you know, yeah. a bunch of people judging other people, saying Should you, you can't really, really afford it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that's. I've told this story before. When on one of our first trip here, I had been in the hospital. My brother had been in the hospital, and my father had been in the hospital. And my mother said, has told this story herself. So I'm not talking out of school. My mother said she went to a bank and took a loan. And she was horrified that she had to tell the person that she was taking a loan for a vacation. She said, we didn't have the money. I wasn't sure how we were going to pay that back. But I knew that as a family, for us, we needed to go on a vacation. Mm -hmm. And she said, now, this was the early 70s. The economy was different. I understand all that. But you know something? That vacation changed our lives oh definitely yep. yeah that was our trip that was the first time we came to walt disney world and we all live here now because of that trip mm-hmm. yep so uh, we talked about the fact that you know our hotel was twelve dollars a night and oh we, lord we they borrowed a thousand dollars and we came home with money you live once you can't yeah. take it with you exactly and she said it didn't matter to her what happened? She was going to take her family to Florida. She had been very worried about all of us. So it's one of those things that it's where you find yourself in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what you are putting a value on. And she put a value on making sure that her family got to spend some time together. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a great thread. Mm-hmm. You talk about, um, you know, we shouldn't judge people. I'm currently obsessed with the financial shows on TV. I love Susie Orman. I love Clark oh. Howard. Yeah, yeah. My, favorite shows. <laughs> my current favorite one is one out of Canada, Canada called... Till debt do us part. Have you seen it? No. Mm-mm. Where the woman goes into the people's house and then judges all this stuff that they bought. Oh, and no. puts their finances oh. up on oh, the computer. Oh, Lord. What channel is that on? <laughs> she walks in and she says, well, you didn't, you didn't spend all your money on this stuff, did you? And you think to yourself, oh, my gosh. She brings up their, their finances on a big computer screen and like goes through them. I, mm-hmm. I pause the TiVo. And I go through them line by line. Oh, God. <laughs> These people, are they invite her in uh, to do this? It's part of the show, okay. yeah. God. They sign up okay. for it. Uh, it's a fascinating thread. And uh, with this thread, as with any of the ones uh, that we discuss, you can find links to them on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Our, uh, our next thread, different, different topic, different direction altogether, over on the Disney for Families forum, the Diz, the Diz Dads Club men's room which evokes all sorts of images um <laughs> man's room not men's room oh excuse me man's room <laughs> right <laughs> I was gonna say, really i didn't read that one men's, men's correct. That one didn't catch my eye? correct correct maybe i need to make the, the the font bigger here uh this is basically a thread which and I, uh, there's a reason that i chose this one this is started by emma's dad uh, this thread is for all the Diz dads out there. The club was originally created by one dad, the Disney fanatic, back in November 2007, who was curious to find out how many other dads on the Diz who are just as fanatical about Disney World. Since that time, we have gone through four forum threads with more than 14,000 posts, created a group on the Disney Family Community website, and have a Facebook group. On April 5th, 2010, uh, the, D, uh, the DDC started its own fundraising for Give Kids the World. Thank the Disney fanatic most of all for being so inquisitive in the first place. And it goes on to describe the club's criteria, wow. which are too numerous <laughs> yeah. uh, to list. There are, let me see here, uh, 129 individual Points. possible criteria. You don't have to meet all of them, obviously. But uh, the reason I liked this thread, the reason I, I pointed to this thread... 
is uh, I think I may have mentioned this on the show before. Our audience for this show, for the Diz, for the boards, very, very skewed female. Uh, 75% to 25%. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so the men on the site are, there, there are literally three women for every one guy, mm. uh, which you'd think would draw more men to the site. And we're going to get to another thread after this <laughs> that it also talks, it kind of plays on that. But uh, You were talking about the, the whole list of this criteria, and I was reading through the whole list, and the one person that's kind of built for me was Bob Varley. I think he is the model. That, Disney uh, dad, yeah. You know, I, I'm a dad that loves Disney, and right. I can appreciate Disney. But, you know, I don't have the the bumper stickers and the, you know, the computer handbag and all that stuff with Disney on it. I think maybe if I didn't live in Orlando, maybe I could have turned into that. But that's right. not me. Um, it's Bob. Before, since you mentioned Bob, I almost forgot to tell everybody. Um, remember the uh, about six weeks before Bob passed away, he had gone to Kennedy Space Center uh, for a 2 a.m. shuttle launch, the shuttle mm-hmm. uh, Endeavor. We got an email yesterday from a Japanese television station, television producer, that wants to use that clip on a show that they're doing in Japan. Oh, is that the one where they, they just park the camera and they show the launch? Uh, yeah. Bob and Mike did yep. that? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So I count down. I, I, wrote back, I wrote back to this producer and I said, you know, of course, we'd be happy to have you use it and uh, explain to her that because she wanted to know if we had it available in a higher quality format. But unfortunately, we don't. The Bob had that and, you know, it's gone now. And I explained to her the man who shot it had passed away right after... Uh, he had done that, and that uh, uh, he was such a huge fan of the space program, and he would be tickled to know you were interested in his video. He was so proud of that video. And uh, so I just thought I wanted to tell everybody that because mm-hmm. it was just, it was so cool. Yesterday, actually, this came in while we were doing the show, and I saw it when we got home. Very cool. And uh, so I just wanted to, th- you mentioned Bob, and I yeah. had to throw that out. I didn't want to forget about it. So. But, uh, yeah, this thread now, um, I think you're absolutely right, Corey. This, you know, Bob definitely embodied this Disney dad. And some of the criteria, um, uh, when planning family reunions, class reunions, and job conventions, you always plan them at Walt Disney World. Um, You bought the Disney bedding for your room. Uh, You drink coffee from one of your multiple Disney mugs. You have Disney luggage. You have a, a goofy hitch receiver cover on your truck. Uh, you have Disney character ties to wear. You wear a matching Disney shirt with your kids to the parks. <laughs> uh, you have a Disney vanity plate on your car. So there's a whole a whole list of things here, and I wanted to point it out uh, just to some of our 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 male listeners uh, because I think it's. I, and tell me if you guys agree. Is it a little harder for a guy, especially a straight guy, to be a Disney fan? I think so. I can be honest with you. I think it's hard for anybody to be a Disney fan around people who don't get it. But I is think- it harder? Is it easier for a woman than, or a gay man than it would be for a straight yeah, guy? absolutely. I think so. You know, I think for straight men, we have to tone it down a little bit. Why? Is that Just because so being a Disney fan is effeminate? The, really. I think it's the enthusiasm. If a woman's into it, you can sort of say, well, she's in it for the kids. I, I, think, I think being a Disney dad, you know, as far as like the, the you know, with your family and all that, I, I think um, not so much. But I, I just think, I don't know, uh, a straight man that... that it's, t- it's it's hard to describe, you know. I, I guess it, it is because we're all going to jump on. Him. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. I don't want to jump on anybody. No, I mean, teasing him. Well, it's hard to put into words because, again, like I mean, we were in the position where we lived, you know, not here. We were in New Jersey, and people would say to you, "Why are you going to Disney again?" I don't think it has right. anything to do with being straight or gay. Yeah. Uh, well, no. I'm just I'm saying from a. Um, from a a personality standpoint, and I think Corey knows well, exactly I mean, what I'm look, talking y'all, about. Y'all have a, uh, a Tinkerbell sticker on the back of your car. I mean, I'm sure there were some straight men that love Tinkerbell, but I don't think they would put a Tinkerbell sticker on their car. I think there. I think that that 
I'm not saying from an effeminate standpoint, um, gay men, generally speaking, I don't want to make over overarching huge generalities. We're not as obsessed with being macho, being uh, perceived in a certain uh, in a certain way. You know, we we are who we are. We love our Broadway. We love our things. You know what I'm saying? It's it's there's right. there's we, that as so we're we're not we're we're, we're more comfortable embracing our uh, the the disney fan nature of our personalities See, the thing is, where a straight guy might consider it to be like too childlike or too girly or i don't know i had dinner last night with a couple nights ago with a couple of folks who are in town and the husband couple of kids married for a long time loves tinkerbell has hundreds of tinkerbell shirts has tinkerbell ties he wears to work he's not ashamed of it it, it just I just think it's about who you are and where you are. I was going to say that, that a lot of the Dizzers that were down here this past weekend that that are guys, they embrace their Disney. I, I guess I'm going back to I've known who I was for quite a while, and I just never told anybody I was a Disney geek because nobody was interested. Yeah, but if you move, if you're away from Orlando or out of this, because all we world, see we. You know, like you said, Kathy, yeah, you were with people. Yeah. yeah, you go off to Illinois or some far off location where Disney's not a daily. It's not in your head every day, and you're in like, your like, Disney like, fanatic. When I was know? in college, and all of my art classes, you know, we had art projects, and every single art project I did was revolved around Disney. I was the Disney fanatic at in my college at LSU. Every project, everything revolved around Disney. I wasn't, you know, I didn't think, oh, it's, it's making, I'm not so masculine now. I was very passionate about Disney. Mm-hmm. I even wore my college program shirt. I wore Mickey shirts. Not every day, but I wasn't afraid to, you know, to let people know that I love Disney. The original question is, is it harder? I think for some it is. You know, I think that's probably why the, the demographic on the Diz is the way it, the way it is, 75 to 25% um, female over male. I think that's why, you know, these Disney dad clubs are so important because it is tough. Why is it tough? I don't know. I think there's several reasons. Well, that's one, that's one of the reasons I wanted to point it out. And, and I wanted to talk about this thread because, A, I think it's fantastic that, you know, uh, I think it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, a Disney dad's club. I thought was was a great idea, uh, but I, I liked uh, the, reading through the criteria. I thought there was some really really cute stuff in there, and as I read it, though, I, I started asking myself that question: Is it tougher for a, a, a straight guy to be a Disney fan than it is for other demographics? My father loved the Magic Kingdom. My father loved Disney World. Mm-hmm. My father loved every single character. That's sort of another thing in the mix. What about, is it harder for a single straight man? Yeah. Because maybe there's this idea that why do you, are you obsessed with this thing? It might come across as being creepy or, you know, not having the best of motives. I can't tell you the number of people that I've met through the Diz who met because of Disney. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couples. Yep. A lot of couples. Lots of couples. I'm going to name names. We just went out to dinner with Kristen and David Moffat, born teach on the board, and her husband met because of Disney. We went out to dinner with Jeff and, and Val. Val. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Val have met because of Disney. John and I met because of Disney. So it's one of those things that it's... Paul and Lisa Tully uh, met at a, a, a mouse fest. But I think if you live like when I lived up in Pittsburgh, um, nobody around me was into Disney. Me either, Kathy. So it wouldn't have made any difference if they were male or female when I said that, you know, all of a sudden I, I came to Disney. And then when I announced I was moving here, they were about ready to put me in the home because they thought there was something <laughs> wrong with me. So it doesn't make any difference if you're male or female. We had this conversation just the other day. When I first started coming to Disney, I've told this story before, no one had been here but me. I mean, no one that I went to school with. As I just told you why my mother took out the loan and we came here. But I was fascinated by it. I lived and breathed it. I remember when my mother would call to try and get a reservation for the next year. I'd be like on the other phone in the house. Is it nice there? What's the weather like? Is there anything new? Has anything new opened? Have they changed anything? Have they painted anything? Nobody I knew was even interested. So I, did, I remember when we first started. See, I went around, and, see, and what I did was I went around trying to convert people. 
I went around like some kind of <laughs> evangelist. Remember, I, we, there's a thread on the boards, our board, on the Diz Unplugged board. Why doesn't Kevin say hello to Anthony anymore? And do you remember when we first started this show and Anthony's email touched me? Right. Because Anthony was me as a kid. However, after I started doing this for a while, I realized we're all Anthony. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it was. No one cared. Well, I think that the internet has something to do with that. Uh, internet has, la- has allowed like-minded people to come together when they probably wouldn't have exactly. any other way. Some for not, not so good reasons. But, you know, you get out mm. there and you meet people who have the same interests that you do. So if you're a Disney dad, uh, again, there'll be a, a, a link to this on the, on the show notes page. Flag. Fly your flag, exactly. It's a it's a great thread, popular thread, and uh, you'll meet a lot of like minded folks. Now, uh, by the same token, if you are single and a Disney fan, there is a thread on the Disney for Adults and Solo Travelers board called the official Singles Seeking Singles Dating Thread, and it is exactly. What it says. It is for singles seeking other singles who are Disney fans looking for a date. And again, guys, if you're single, um, there's three women on the site to every one guy. So your odds are good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I also noticed that there's, a, you know, there's a, a large percentage of women posting. And they're all. Oh. Younger, I mean, well, no, they're all different ages. Well, I, saw, I looked for like people around my age, and there were if they some. were there. I missed them. I was looking at the younger guys myself. Interesting. <laughs> oh, cougar, cougar. <laughs> yeah, I'm scanning through the ages: late twenties to mid thirties. This is just on page one. Teresa posted that she likes pina coladas. Really? <laughs> Getting caught in the rain. <laughs> but I. Uh, I, I, the reason I, I picked this thread, uh, because obviously doing it on a Disney discussion board, you're looking for someone to date who shares that passion. How important is that to you, oh. that you have somebody that has to share that passion? Is that a make or break is that a make or break criteria? Not really, because if it was, I wouldn't be with Julie. I, I kind of forced it on her. I said, look. We're going to move to Orlando. You know, this is Disney. I showed her all the parks. She was a movie fan. I was a theme park fan. And it didn't make it or break it. If she says, I'm not, I don't want to go to Orlando, it would have. But. I was going to say, there's, yeah, there's, there's degrees. Because yeah. it could be two people are, are tolerant of each other's backgrounds and their likes and their dislikes. And there's things you're willing to put up with. But then there are people out there who are just not. If I would have said, all right, I want, opposites. To, I want to do the, the Mickey bedspread, do the whole Mickey bathroom, you know, all, all of our pots and pans in the kitchen need to have little Mickey heads on it. She probably would have been like, okay, you're a little crazy. I'm looking at Walter. Because when we first bought this house, that was like, I don't want Disney crap everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, we can have a problem because everything I own has that mouse emblazoned on it, pretty much. Um, but see, I, I I know for me at first when we when Walter and I first met, I thought it was going to be a problem that he was not this you know huge Disney fan. But as it's you know in our particular relationship, the way it turned out is we are polar opposites on everything, and somehow that has managed. To, we've managed to balance each other. We've ma- managed to balance each other out. I like having I, well, a because I think his opinion of things doesn't come from that that jaded Disney filter that I have. His just comes from you know his his. It's what he thinks, not because he's a huge Disney fan. He either likes it or he doesn't like it. Uh, but it also it just it, it's nice to have that dynamic in my life. Because so much of my life, all of my life, basically, is, revolves around Disney one way or the other. What I do for a living, where I live, uh, where I travel. I keep thinking, does every utensil have to have a Mickey hand on it? <laughs> Come on. But I, I think the, uh, for a lot of people, I think that is a make it or break it. That's why this thread is important. You know, the official single seeking singles thread on the boards. I think it's important that... In today's day and age, people are looking for people with similar interests. 
when you go back to, I look back to, you know, prior to the internet and how people met and got together, they got together with similar interests, same religion, maybe they met at church, uh, same education, they met at school. So it's just another level of what do I have in common with this person that we're just going to allow us to get Well, it's kind of like a fast track. It cuts out all the nonsense, all the people that, you know, I don't need to look at that guy because I know we have no interests alike. Okay, he's gone. Well, my late husband and I had a few things in common, but he hated to take vacations with a passion. Really? But he, he put up with it, but we would, like, go to the beach, and he would go stay in his room for the whole week. And we would see him when he came down out of the condo and got back in the car to go home. But he didn't, we'd have discussions why he... he had his own room? No, he stayed in, you know, <laughs> we had like an apartment. So that, that was the big game. Did you see Fran during the vacation? Because he just wouldn't come out of the room. We'd bring food back for him. So if I was to find somebody now, um, you know, being older, being into Disney now, that would probably be a deal breaker. Before I was able to put up with it, now, because it's such a big part of my life, if I was married to somebody like I used to be, it never would have happened. But you see, you know, the reason it worked between Walter and I is because he never has tried to tell me, you know, enough Disney or enough of this or enough of that. He's always indulged that for me and never complained about That's it the never kind you need, yeah. so you know and the same because he has you know he has a uh, thing hobbies and interests that he has is as passionate about as i am about disney and i have to do the same thing i have to respect it i don't understand it i don't you know, i can appreciate it you know especially you know he he raises orchids which is probably one of the most difficult <laughs> plants on earth to raise and he's got hundreds of them and they're gorgeous. I don't understand anything about them. I can appreciate their beauty. And it's the same thing with him when we do something at Disney. He can appreciate the entertainment value of an attraction, the uh, food quality of a, of a restaurant, the uh, experience of a resort. Um, but he just sees it as he sees it a little differently mm-hmm. than I do, which is why I like taking him with me on those reviews to measure my perspective. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's similar to me. As John, mm-hmm. that works out. Yeah, you know, if you're uh, you know male or female and your dream is to have a Disney wedding, you're probably got to find somebody. You got to find a that, Disney that, fan. You know, for, for a lot of us, um, you know, Disney is a religion. I mean, we do things religiously at Disney. I and, guess I don't fall in that category uh, either. And I could, um, you know, I can compare this with sorry, Anna. I'm putting my sister on the spot. That she is, you know, she wants to get married in the Catholic Church. We're Catholic. She was dating a guy that refused to get married in a Catholic church. That was a deal breaker. Right. You know, and I think for people that treat Disney, you know, like a religion, it's, it's their life. It's a, it, it, might, could it could be, be a, a deal, deal breaker. breaker. Could be. Could be. But I just thought, um, again, that was the thought that, that uh, came up when I, when I read through this thread. A, I think it's really cool. And uh, I would love to hear some success stories. We need some 50-year-olds pe- posting on that thread. Yeah, Kathy's, Kathy's trolling for dates over here, guys. <laughs> if John wanted to go camping. So if you, want to marry, if you want to marry into the group, that's, that's your... Oh, gosh. It's either Kathy... Or, right now, it's either Kathy or Max uh, are, your best, are your best shots. And the 50-year-old men will work for Max, too. <laughs> I don't want a son-in-law that's, or a daughter-in-law that's really old Max. Hey, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> under thirty, I'm, under thirty. For I'm now. still young. I'm still in the springtime of my life. Okay. I want grandchildren again at some point. Honey, sorry, it's the springtime of your life. Of your life, if you live to 150, but <laughs> she's got built-in grandchildren coming with yeah. her. On the next show, yeah. Kathy Eccles. <laughs> <laughs> really, Katie calls me grandma. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I. Um, Katie's not the oldest one, is she? No. <laughs> This is getting weird. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Another thread that I thought was very interesting was, has anyone ever complained about your kids in the parks? This is on theme parks, uh, attractions, and strategies started by Aristocats. Let's all be upfront and admit it. Our kids are not perfect, especially in an overstimulating place like Walt Disney World. At one point in time, they have tantrumed, misbehaved, gotten a bit too hyper, unintentionally insulted someone, 
fought with their sibling loudly and in public, swung a chain at someone unintentionally. There are kids that they, they are kids, and it happens. I just wondered how you dealt with it in the parks. Do you punish them? Leave the line you were in. Leave the parks. Put them in a timeout. Make them apologize to the stranger they upset. Apologize for them, or just do you just ignore it, let it go, and hope the guest uh, they just upset will let it go too because you're on vacation and you don't want to ruin your trip or your kids' memories. Also, does anyone on here set up incentive systems for your kids? If you behave, you will get blank at the end of the day. Be honest and please keep it civil. Um, I've complained about your kids. <laughs> Seriously? No. I, I'm sure people complained about my kids that night. We were jumping for Pringles, but we were there. We were just having, we were high on Disney. We were just, you know, good, clean, fun. You know, we were there to celebrate. It was the um, one year anniversary of my husband passing, and we just were celebrating the fact that we were all together. And we just had a good old time. But I'm sure we got reported. I, 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 but that's different than a kid having a tantrum or having, yeah. being but upset I mean, in the you parks. Know, that's... That's I don't even think it's the tantrum. I, that's, a, that's the parents' problem. I think when you're standing in line and there's those chains and the parents think it's adorable that the kid is swinging the, mm-hmm. the chain and everybody has now moved to the other side of the line so that the kid can't hit them with the chain and the parent kind of stands there and looks at it, how cute is this? I think that's a difference. That's the difference. It's not, for me... Whenever and it's happened, of course, you're on property and either kids screaming in an attraction or a restaurant or something happens. You know, I that does not really phase me. Uh, it doesn't phase me at all. It's Disney World. There are going to be kids, and kids are going to be kids. It's the parents exactly. sometimes that I think need to be slapped. Well, right. we we toured the parks that we. You know how we always tell everybody to take that midday break. We took that midday break because I knew I knew my kids well enough to know that all day in the park, they weren't going to make it. A big part of the problem is that parents forget that kids are on a schedule. Parents forget what kids need during the day when they get to vacation. It's, we're going to go. The, one of the stories in here was, I was taking my kid out at midnight and they were screaming all that's, the way out. Yeah, that's it's ridiculous. Like You're right. Mm-hmm. I that and I'm like, why is a four-year-old out at midnight? That doesn't make any sense. My but, favorite parent is the one that when the child has done something to hurt or inconvenience another person, stands there and explains to the, the child in no uncertain terms that it's really the other person's fault. You've heard that parent explain to the child, Billy, that man is upset because you hit him with the chain. Apparently, he's the type of person who doesn't like to be hit with the chain. And you think to yourself, what are you telling yeah. this kid? Tell yeah. him to stop hitting people with the chain. But Teresa, didn't you? Don't you have that look, that mother look that can stop your kids oh, yeah. dead in their tracks? Yeah, you use it. And I think a lot of parents don't do that anymore. I it stops two of my children. Yeah, but I mean, how many times have you been through the park where you hear Johnny, don't do this, Johnny, don't do that, yeah. John, you know, and and the parents still going and doing. I'm going to be upset with you if you don't stop. Yeah, no, no I, I have mean, not on. only the look. I take their arm, I get down on their level, and I whisper something hideous in their ear that will affect them <laughs> and it stops them but that worked for two of my children that's the way i was raised yeah if you don't stop this right now yeah yeah oh yeah we have a video because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hit my child in public i'm not gonna spank him in public because you don't want witnesses you well want i just division I, of youth and family services knocking it's on just, door. yeah but i will you know and I have taken them aside later. And we had, kids are kids. Kids are going to be kids. It's all about what you do as a parent when that situation mm-hmm. occurs. I can't tell you how many times we've been in places where kids are screaming, and we we do our best to to appease them. The yes, I've got keys yeah. in my pocket. I've got an iPhone. I'll shine a flashlight at them. Yeah, something to just. <laughs> I pull out stickers. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's we're talking two different things here for me. One, if the kid is having a meltdown because right. he's just stressing and over overstimulated or two the child is misbehaving i can't not one of my child will be swinging a chain from the the first time they did it when they were 18 months old would have been the last time they did it because mm-hmm. you just don't let it happen again right. you know you're like, you don't do that max what the crap are you doing you know and that's that'd be the last time he'd do it we were in the park one day and a little boy literally climbed up on my mother's wheelchair mm. was climbing on it like it was playground equipment and i i said to the little boy, you need to stop. I was afraid he was going to tip it over. You really need to stop. Stop! 
And the mother came over and said, he's just being a child. And I thought, oh, no, geez. he's not. No. He's yeah, being it's, an ill-behaved child. Right. And you know, like I said, the, you know, I, I, I remember this, this one time. I uh, forgot what we were flying to. It was one trip recently. And uh, the uh, uh, people sitting behind me had a child in a child seat, but uh, his legs were long enough that he could kick. Oh, I've been on the plane with him. <laughs> kick my seat. We all have. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was like, it, it started. I'm like, okay, this is going to get ugly because I'm pretty sure we're flying to California. But before I could even get upset, the parents, the father put his head over and apologized. Yeah, that's the important part. Um, and then uh, I forgot exactly what he did, but he rearranged the seat and the kid so that uh, he he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. And then through the entire flight, the mother and the father took turns reading to the kid, uh, playing little games with the kid, kept him engaged because obviously this was a precocious little boy. Um, knew how to engage their their son and not have him, not have everybody on the plane wanting the, to throw the kid That's out the at thirty five thousand feet. You're such a good parent. These were great the parents. I, no, I but honestly, this was this. I thought to me, this was a great example yeah. of of parenting. This was the same child. Then well, the time I did, I turned around and I said to the mother, "Would you please ask him to stop kicking my chair?" And do you know what she said to him? That man doesn't like it when you kick his chair. And I thought, okay, there again. It's that's not fault. the child's fault, yeah. though. And that's, right, exactly. It's not the child's fault. In, in that contained environment, you get on that plane, you're pre- prepared with what you have mm-hmm. for your child, something to entertain your child, and you've already spoken to your child, and you tell them, I have anyway. You know, yes, this is I your spot. Too. You don't mess with anybody around you. They're, they're here just like you are. You know, and they didn't come with you. I'm stuck with you. They're not. You know, you got to, I mean, not in that, those words, but. I'm glad that we waited so long to have kids because now I'm very aware of all the things that annoyed me about kids before we had kids. I'm now aware of that. Like when we would fly, we would automatically go to the last seat because we don't want to be kicked. But we can't do that now. So I'm going to be more aware of, you know, all these little isms that annoyed me, whether it's in a restaurant or, you know, on a plane or in the theme park. I mean, our kids aren't walking yet, so... We, we're not there yet. They will be. <laughs> so what do you do when it's the opposite? Ferris way? is close. Yeah, he is close. Yeah, he's he close. close. Yeah. He's taken steps with our help, but hopefully by the cruise he's walking. I don't think anybody... I, I never look down on a parent whose kid's having a tantrum or a meltdown. No. That, to me, isn't the parent's fault. No. no. There's an outside influence. Uh, it's, more, it's more like the kid's running around a restaurant. It's like, mm-hmm. right, sit your kid down. That, that, yeah, exactly. Now, what do you do when it's you see the opposite... Or not the opposite, when you see the... Parent freaking out on a kid for something. Oh, Have that's, you seen those? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. 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 Those are the ones you want to go up to. I've mm-hmm. had to deal with those parents at, uh, at Blizzard. You know, I was trying to think, you know, at Blizzard Beach, what are some of the complaints that I've received with kids? Mostly that kids pooing in the pool. But it was mostly about teenagers, <laughs> you know, rowdy teenagers, you know, not really caring about anybody else. But I never really received any complaints of, um, you know, that kid is doing this, doing that. But I have received complaints from other parents about how the parent is treating the kid. Yeah. Like, you're going down this slide, whether you like it or not. But I'm scared. You're going down the slide. You know? Yeah, that's a little... Jail one time, I was coming out of the grocery store, and there was a little girl pushing a shopping cart. And she went out into the street without looking. And the mother literally grabbed this little girl in the hair and pulled her back and screamed at her. And I went over, and I was very quiet about it. And I said, if I ever see you do that again... I'm going to snatch you by the hair, and I can swing you around. <laughs> and I thought, if she ever tells the cop what I just said. Now she's got it on tape. I don't, I can, it was one of those things that, what are you doing? Or those yeah, parents just, that scream, I paid good money for this trip. You better behave. You better. And it's like, now we tell my mother that every time we go to the Magic <laughs> But I have once, um, I had a complaint about one of my children. A parent come to me, and, really? and it Jeans wasn't are too tight. No, it wasn't that child. <laughs> too low on his butt. No, it wasn't that child. Um, but they just, you know, told me that she was, 
and it wasn't even in the park. It was in a store that uh, Grace, okay, I said her name, Grace had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> process of elimination here, you know. Let's just Grace had irritated this other shopper, and I knew when she did it that it ticked this woman off. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, Grace got in trouble for it. I apologized to the lady. and That's all you can do. That's all uh-huh. you can do. You, you know, know, you yeah. can't beat them. I did can't. not know my 15-year-old child was going to do that to you. I'm sorry. No, she was like 12, but still, you know. So, again, very interesting thread I thought uh, would make a good discussion. Finally, uh, I want to talk about uh, a thread that's more a word of warning. Uh, this is on the Orlando Hotels and Attractions Board. Uh, please check for bed bugs before accepting your room. Uh, this is started by T.N. Dislover. Uh, just wanted to advise everyone to get educated on how to check for bed bugs before heading to Orlando and then check your room before you bring any luggage into it. Unfortunately, we learned the hard way, never thought of checking for bed bugs, and now we're dealing with and trying to get rid of the nasty bugs out of our home as they hitchhiked home in our luggage. Uh, got bites while there, but thought they were mosquitoes or chiggers. I was wrong. Uh, can't tell you the stress and financial burden this is putting us through. Just hoping to help someone avoid our fate. This is becoming a very common story. Sort of epidemic. There is an epidemic right now of bed bugs. Uh, it's uh, finding it's. Uh, I know New York is like completely overrun. Did you see the list of Disney hotels? Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, but the, did you read the actual complaints? Some of them yeah. didn't sound right. Right. There, there was a report actually this morning. There was a report on the news, um, extensive about bed bugs. And yes, they've been reported in Florida, but the worst seems to be the north, and it has to do with the fact that um, the bed bugs don't like it extremely hot. So that's one of the ways they're treating bed bugs now is going in and they're uh, putting heat on beds and in houses to kill the eggs and kill mm-hmm. the, the bugs themselves. So, yes, any hotel can be affected by this. It's really not to the point that it is in New York City or other areas as is down here. And one of the things that I think is a, a good indicator is that it's not all over the news. Right. You know our local news would go crazy. Mm-hmm. Bed bug found in Disney Hotel. You know, so I think that people have to be aware and have to be careful, but it's not at the level that it is elsewhere. The other thing to say about this is it's not relegated to beds. No, it's not. Right. They had to close an Abercrombie and Fitch store in New York. They have them in the Empire State Building. They have right. them in the New York Public Library. Now, how big are they? I thought they were like the size of a grain of rice, but they're kind of small, aren't they? They're actually, I think they're probably half the size of a grain of rice. You really have to get in tight to see them. You find them mostly by seeing... They're even that big? I thought, I, thought they were I, I guess I was picturing like lice. Yeah, like no, I thought minute. They were, they're bigger than, uh, like they're the size of a grain of rice, only they're flat. Well, you can definitely see them with the naked eye. Okay. But and the way you detect if you have them is by seeing if they've pooped in your bed. Yeah, they they will leave a, a brown streak. I saw that streak. photo, yeah. Um, so they like wipe their little butts when they're done? I guess that's what they're doing. The other thing they tell you is when you're checking for them, to lift up the corner of the sheet, and you know the welting around the edge of the mattress, mm-hmm. is to pull that so that it's not... They like to be in the creases. You won't see them on the flat part. You actually have to pull that binding around the edge kind of pull it away from the bed a little bit and if they're there you should see them in the creases and things like that right one of the reasons why it's such an epidemic is that a lot of the chemicals they used to use to get rid of them have been banned so they can't just go in and fumigate anymore like they used to because these are really bad chemicals so and plus people are traveling more it used you know a lot of people from overseas are bringing them over here that just people are traveling more. Yeah. But I know it's, you want know it's really weird it's worse than bed bugs not from a, a human interaction standpoint, these things don't bite you, but German cockroaches are on the rise in Florida. Really? They're oh, not, they're what's not, that look like? They're not the big... They're the little... They're less than an inch long, and they're narrow. And they are... If you see one, there's loads got of a them. bunch. We're not talking about the big... Flat-looking... Right, water bug. Pal- yeah, bugs palmetto bug, yeah. Them, they're really cockroaches. No, these are tiny little things, and... They've become, uh, they've just gone crazy here in Florida. And you, they're hard to get rid of. And it's one of the things that actually they travel in people's suitcases. I read an interesting article not too long ago, and I apologize. I can't remember where I read it. But it was about 
the spread of disease that came with frequent air travel. That people traveling the world, diseases that were used to be lo- or, um, located, contained, contained in one area, have now spread worldwide. It's the it's- internet. I mean, that makes sense with the bugs now. I mean, the bugs are traveling, the viruses are traveling, the germs are traveling. It is something, I mean, and it is something to be mindful of right now. Uh, We're not hearing an awful lot out of Disney about it, um, but there are also reports that when there's a confirmed case, Disney is paying some money. Oh, really? Disney uh, also has the ability to close down a wing of a hotel yeah. without closing down the hotel. So I understand that, mm-hmm. that that's what I heard also, that when they find out that there's been a sighting or that they're closing whole sections of other hotels and not using them and doing the whole thing. Yeah, we've heard that. Uh, I've heard that uh, when there's a confirmed case, they've been offering people free trips. I've heard that. Money. Yeah. Uh, things like that to keep just quiet. Be very quiet. I, yeah, just I heard that. don't say nothing. What twisted person came up with the the nightly saying? Uh, don't let the bed bugs. Don't bite. let the bed. That's a. I think they were they were more common years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's part of almost. But that's not you tell a kid before you go to sleep. Good night. Don't sleep, let the bed bugs. No, sleep tight. Sleep tight. Don't let the and bed bugs. What that bite. meant was roll your uh, wrap your sheets around you tightly, yeah. so the bed bugs don't get in. That they don't get in. Most. Child's nursery rhymes come out of kind of weird things. Oh, hideous. Weird, yeah. Grace knows all that crap. Think about Rockabye Baby. Yeah. In the (laughs) treetops. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby cradle and all. (laughs) There you go. Um, Good night. I used to travel a lot, like 26 weeks a year. I just used, you know, like common sense. Like with not putting the luggage on the floor, but I know things have gotten a lot worse. But it, I think when people check into hotels, sometimes they've left their brains at home, and I don't mean that in a nasty way, but just that they they they're like oh, we're on, on vacation, vacation. Yeah. yeah, and they you know people they don't can be take, forgiven for that. They don't look, but then I also have to question when you read some of those things in the bed bug registry. Um, some of those, I, I'm not so sure that they were bed bugs. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think a lot of them read like something's not right there. Yeah. If you're if you're getting all these bites and welts all over your body, why are you waiting till you get home right. to call Disney? Have you heard about the phenomena at Disney that some people experience, especially when walking around Epcot? With oh, the, the one on the reflective up on the legs right. that I can't the, think of the name of. What is I it? Forget. it? Especially in Epcot, which has so much blacktop, there's a thing that a lot of people are susceptible to, and it's radiated heat off the pavement, and you break out in a rash I and get what it. look like bug bites down below your knees. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. It's the heat. Yeah. I get that. It's in the first time. Like I, a form of prickly heat or something? But it's, it, everybody thinks, oh my gosh, I've gotten the bubonic plague. And it's mm-hmm. Golfers of- get it too. Because mm-hmm. I, I did a search on it because right after we moved here, I'd, you know, because it was hot when we first moved here. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in the parks and I'd get home and the calves of my legs and down by my ankles, what is this hot flaming itchy rash? And right. it would take days to go away. It's reflected heat off the sidewalk causes it. This is a and lovely can, way to end the show, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's kind geez. of a public service message that if you get this, right. you haven't, you know. Yeah, because you first think, oh, gosh, something's wrong with me. you know. But then when you did a little research and you realize, okay. I just don't want, I just don't want people to cancel their trips and freak right. out. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm going to get bed bugs and I'm going to bring them home and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's, you know. And, you know, and as far as when you travel, when you come home, I always used to take my suitcase into the garage when I come home from a trip. Oh, you I know, do that. you know, just take a few precautions, you know, empty your stuff out and wash it before you take it into the house so that if you did pick something up, then you don't have a problem. Just common sense. Exactly. We have to build a garage. On a side note, I love seeing all the, the Diz tickers and the boards now. You know, as, oh, as you go through these threads, you start seeing a lot more. Lots of awesome. them. That's uh, com, right? Yep. So, all right. I think that will do it. For our show this week, I just I did want to just bring up that that bed bug issue just because I think people need to have a heightened awareness of it. Uh, it could absolutely wreck your vacation. Of all the things that could wreck your vacation, that's the, uh, definitely on the list. Not eating at Le Cellier is not. <laughs> Having bed bugs <laughs> could definitely do it. 
So I don't want to mention any names, but did you see the response from a cast member regarding your stay at yes, the I did, Club? and I thought that was really cool. That this was so I won't say any. All I'm going to say is it's a cast member who said that your comments made well, him want to strive to be. I responded to that and say cast members like cast members like him give me hope. Right. Let's let people know that oh, there's a response to your blog. This is where the person posted it. Right. A response to my your, Beach Club review blog. Your Beach Club review blog where a cast member is posted. It's not a secret. He put his name in there. Well, so I'm, anybody can see it and go read it. And he pretty much said that he agreed with a lot of what you said and that um, he really wanted to be – he strives every day to be – for the things he do to be what Walt would have wanted. See, those are the real, yeah. those are the real cast members. I think that, there's a lot of those. I think I there's a lot of them. Wonderful. Not as many as there should be, though. Right, right. So that's really cool. I just wanted to give him credit. I hope he's listening to the show, and I thought what he said was terrific. Absolutely. All right. Well, that will do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.